Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. I just love when Luke shares a word, don't you? It just blesses me so much. So I'm on deck this week. He talked about tithing. I'm going to talk about sowing and reaping. Pastor Bob's going to be sharing next week about generosity, and you're going to really enjoy that. As we kind of got our heads together talking about this series, uh, just really excited to be able to share this with you. Uh, when it comes to multiplying, I think of the loaves and fishes uh, story. You know, you have to give the Lord something for him to work with. And if you give it to him, he can multiply it. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about in sowing and reaping. Now, last week, uh, he talked about, uh, Luke talked about tithing, and I'm going to be focusing more on offerings. And uh, Malachi asks the question, it says that you've robbed God. And it asks the question, well, how have we robbed God? And there's it says in tithes and offerings. So uh, can I get you to say that? I'm just going to hopefully keep you awake here. <laughs> tithes and offerings. So there's two things. Now, the, the tithes, tithe is 10%, and uh, offerings is what we give as God leads us, and wherever God leads us, wherever we feel led to be generous or to express our gratefulness to the Lord. And I just want to start by saying I'm so thankful that someone taught me this many years ago when I was in my 20s. I was in a Baptist church, and they began to teach about giving and tithing and offerings. And uh, when I became spirit-filled, that's the first thing the Lord began to teach me about is giving. I had not ever done that, even though I attended church all my life. And I'm so grateful because now, 40 years later, I can look back and say, I just thank God that I learned about tithes and offerings and about giving because it's changed my life. And, and I'm walking and living in blessing. My family is living in blessing because I begin to practice these things and, and walk in these things. And I know, uh, because I've been there, that there's a lot of excuses. I can't afford to tithe and uh, so forth. Uh, and all the all the things that Luke addressed, I know that I, you know, people through the years raise those issues. But when you get down to it, it's a matter of faith, and that's and that's the Lord was telling me, I want you to do this because this is about faith. And I want you to step into faith and receive blessing, and that's that's exactly what happened. And the other thing uh, uh, to clarify is the Lord taught me that tithing goes to the house. And offerings don't go, uh, offerings go outside the house or, or to anyone else. Now, some people over the years, uh, have been confused. They think offerings, they're, I'm sorry, they think they're tithing when they give to their family or give to their friends or other ministries. That's not tithing, that's offerings. That's what? Offerings. <laughs> okay. So tithing goes to the house. So today, let's talk about offerings, and I want to go start with this. We're going to talk about it in the context of sowing and reaping. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and verse 10, these two verses. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly shall also reap, how? He who sows bountifully shall also reap, and verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply, there's the word multiply, your seed for sowing 
and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, this is fascinating because God supplies us with the seed and then our part is to sow it and then his part is to multiply it. So it's a chain of events. He supplies it, we sow it, and he multiplies it. So our challenge is not to eat the seed that he supplies. It's to sow the seed he supplies. Right? Amen. And we don't want to be like the guy who sows wild oats and then prays for a crop failure. Bob got it. So... One <laughs> Thank you, Bob. That just <laughs> encouraged me to keep going. It's all. Now, I want to talk about sowing and reaping is a principle throughout life. We're not just talking about money. Because this principle works when it comes to judgment. If you sow judgment, you're going to reap. He tells us, don't judge lest you be judged. Judge is arriving at a conclusion without all the facts. So when we look at somebody externally and we make judgments about them just based on external appearances or what they do, you know, when we're judging, there's your sowing. <laughs> Bad stuff. That's going to come back to you. That's what it says. When you have that attitude toward people. Our attitude should be one of love and acceptance. People are on a journey, and we just are seeing a snapshot. We're just seeing a, a, a place where they are. We don't see the beginning to the end in their life. So we don't want to judge that. We want to bless them instead because they're on a journey into Christ, and we want, we want to help them along the way. Yeah, okay. This principle also works with... Uh, not only finances or judgment, but forgiveness. It, it, he said when you're praying, you know, when you uh, pray like this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So he's saying that forgiveness is tied, us receiving forgiveness is tied to us sowing uh, forgiveness. And uh, conversely, if you sow bitterness, then it says many are going to be defiled, and that bitterness is going to come back to you. So this works in any area of our life. Whatever we sow, there's going to be a reaping for it. If we bless others, even those who curse us, it, Peter says, bless even those who curse you. If we bless, then blessing is going to come back. If we honor, honor is going to come back to us. So it applies in all area of life. Now, there's a great story in Second Kring... Kings, in 2 Kings, that talks about a woman from, I, I, I'm going to give my best to pronounce it, Shunammim. And uh, this woman, in her story, illustrates sowing and reaping so well. So I'm going to give a go at here, just telling you this story. And I'm just praying that it, it's it will really encourage us to walk in, in the truth of sowing and reaping. So it, it, let me start with uh, in verse 8. Now, there, in, in 2 Kings 4. Now, there came a day when Elisha passed over to Shuman, 
where there was a prominent woman, and she persuaded him to eat food. And so it was, as often as he passed by, he turned in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I perceive this is a holy man of God passing by us continually. Please let us make a little walled upper chamber, and let us set a bed for him there, and a table and a chair and a lampstand, and it shall be when he comes to us that he can turn in there. So this is voluntary sowing here in this place. Now, what I'd like you to see is that she voluntarily did this. He did not ask for this, but she decided to honor God by honoring the prophet. And so she honored God in this way by building this room and this chamber and providing a bed and the furniture and feeding him and doing these things so that, that he would have a place uh, you know, to rest and to eat and be refreshed as he traveled on his journey as a prophet of God and the nation of Israel. Again, uh, I want to point out that he didn't ask. She voluntarily sowed this into um, his life to honor the Lord. And uh, she did it abundantly. This was no small thing. Now, I'm, in this story... Um, he, the, uh, Elisha is so grateful. Excuse me. I'm going to have to stop for a minute. I don't know what just came against me just a few minutes ago, but it is really against me. I must have hit something when I talked about bitterness and unforgiveness. Because um, it, I'm, not, I'm just saying it's in the spirit. I, I'm not, I don't know where it's coming from. It's just in the spirit. So I need, I need help, Okay. So, uh, would you pray with me? Father, I, uh, th- I don't know what happened there. I didn't, I must have touched something that the enemy is working on or you're working on. I don't know. I don't want to judge. But Lord, it is so coming against me to stop me from preaching this word right now. And I just ask that you'd break this thing, Lord, and free it so the word of the Lord can be released. So blessing can be released to us. Oh, do you agree with me? Thank you. Wow, that thing really, that was a strong thing. Goodness. I guess this, I'm trusting that this word is going to really help somebody. (laughs) All right, let's try again. So she does, she does this thing for the prophet and the, the prophet says to his servant, Gehazi, he says, what can we do for this woman? Because she's taking care of us. And so they go to the woman, what, what, what would you like us to do? He said, would you like me to talk to the king, or would you like me to talk to the commander of the armies? Obviously, he, Elisha has influence. He knows people in high places. And he's saying, I could do something for you. What would you like me to do? And she says, I'm well taken care of by my own people. I don't need anything. Now, that's interesting. When she has an opportunity to ask for something in return, she declines it. She doesn't ask for revenge. She doesn't ask for position or influence or favor. She doesn't ask for anything. She just was giving to honor. That's That was her motive for giving. She wasn't looking to get something back in that case. And so... so Gehazi says to Elisha, he says, well, she doesn't have a son and her husband is old, so why don't, we, why don't you just 
Ask the Lord to give her a son. And that's what he says. He says, one year from now, you're going to have a son. And she says, stop kidding me. I'm paraphrasing this thing. Of course, this is my translation. But she says, stop kidding me. And he says, no, I'm not kidding you. You're going to have a son a year from now. And as he prophesied, that's exactly what happened. Now, that is significant because in their culture, to not have children meant uh, it was a shameful thing. But to be honored was to have children. It, it meant the Lord was honoring you when you had children. I'm an honored man. <laughs> Sorry, just couldn't help but throw that in there. <laughs> so, so God gave her, God honored her in return, even though she didn't ask, honored her with a son. Now, now this son grows up, and one day as he grows up, he goes out to the field where is. Father's reaping in the field, and he gets a headache, and he says, oh, my head, my head. And they take him back to the house, and he dies. And so this son, whom God has given her, is now in his, as he becomes an adult, he's dead. And so she says to the servants, saddle the donkeys, "I'm, I'm going to see Elisha. And her husband says to her, well, it's not any religious festival. Why are you going? She had something in mind greater than what he's thinking. The son is dead, and he's thinking he's dead. He's thinking it's over. But she's thinking of something beyond that being the end. When we have loss in our life, we need to think beyond that being over sometimes. We need to realize it's just a step for a resurrection. For God to do something beyond what we can expect. She saddles her donkey. She goes to Elisha. And as she gets to Elisha, uh, he inquires of her. And uh, she tells him that her son is dead. Actually, she kind of says, you know, you." <laughs> I'm translating this thing a little bit. <clears throat> getting ready to go to Africa. So that's how I do it. She, she says, you know, you gave me a son. Now he's dead. What's the deal? So he says to Gehazi, the servant, here, take my staff, go lay a staff on him. And she says, no, I'm not, that's not going to work. I'm waiting for you to come to my son and raise him from the dead. He says, okay, okay. So Elisha goes, listen, when you honor the Lord, you are in a place of influence. You have relationship with him. You know how Abraham talked with the Lord and Moses talked with the Lord? I wonder if we don't need to engage the Lord more often about things. Just a thought. So, <laughs> so <laughs> he goes, and and uh, Gehazi runs ahead, lays a staff on him. Nothing happens. But Elisha shows up, and he you know prays over him or um, breathes life into him, and he's raised from the dead. And in that moment, after he raises him from the dead. He says to this woman, he says, there's going to be a famine in Israel for seven years. So go wherever you need to go. Just leave uh, this country because there's going to be a famine here for seven years. And so she went and lived among the Philistines, which is, is synonymous to living among the world. Now, think, think about this. She has to leave her house. She has to leave her lands. She has to leave 
her uh, relatives, she has to she has to leave all this behind. And the famine's not there yet, but she's just acting on the word of the Lord. And she's doing what the prophet's telling her to do. There are times that you can look pretty strange. Can you imagine what the neighbor, where are you going? Well, we're leaving. Why are you leaving? Well, because the prophet has said there's going to be a famine. So, you know, there are times you don't really look very rational sometimes when you're acting on the word of the Lord. But when you obey him, you will see the reward. Here's, this is a, a, her, she sowed into this prophet and she's reaped already her son from the Lord. And when he dies, he's resurrected. She's already reaped that. And then she gets a word to go into another country because of famine. And she survives the famine. This is reaping. Do you see the reaping that's going on here that comes from her sowing? So after, after she's in this land for seven years in the Philistines, she decides uh, when the fam's over, she's going to go home and she's going to appeal to the king for her house and her lands back. And, and it just so happens that as she is going to uh, come before the king, Elisha's servant Gehazi is talking to the king. They're just having a good time, you know, sitting around. I don't know, they got a latte or whatever. You just, you know, tell me stories, the king says. And then he says, tell me stories about Elisha, because he knows Elisha does miracles. He'd like to hear miracle stories. Don't you love to hear miracle stories? I do too. So the king says, just tell me some miracle stories that God has done with Elisha. And so it just so happens that as he's telling Elisha, I'm sorry, the king about Elisha raising uh, um, this man from the dead, her son, she walks in at that very moment. Coincidence. What I want you to see is that when you honor the Lord and you give to the Lord, that there are going to be coincidences that are going to take place in your life. Isaac sowed in the land during times of famine and received a hundredfold. Even in famine, he received a hundredfold return. Blessing. So, so the, it's the favor of the Lord that we're, you're looking for. It's the blessing and the favor of the Lord that will bring divine appointments and, and blessing to, into your life. Coincidence that will take place. I see you're all excited about this here. And so she walks in, and as she walks in, Gehazi says, this is the very woman. It was her son that Elisha raised from the dead. And so she appeals to the king for her house and her lands. And the king says, you can have your house back, you can have your lands back, and you can have the all the crops that you lost while you were gone are going to be restored to you also. Talk about reaping when you sow. Now, I want to, I just want to kind of back up and look at these events about reaping and sowing. She sows abundantly, voluntarily gives. And what it results in is the reaping of a son 
which in, in, again, in their culture is a very significant thing to have children. To not have children meant shame to to them. And so she reaps a son. But in the course of events, as the son grows up and becomes an adult, he dies. Now that's a loss. And that's what I'm going to call involuntary sowing. Because when you've experienced loss, you can turn that loss into a seed that can be sown that God can reap, can multiply, and it can come back to you. That's what I believe. And so she went to the prophet, and the prophet raised her son from the dead. And in that moment, she was told to go into uh, another land to be survive the famine. And then when she comes back, she's restored. All Everything is restored to her that she would have lost by having left her country. What I want you to see is that along the way, there are losses. She lost her son, but had she not lost her son... Elisha would not have come to raise him from the dead and give her the word that she needs to go into another land and survive the famine. You see, the loss of her son is what triggered the, the Elisha coming and raising him from the dead and, and them being sent into another land to survive the famine. Are you getting this? When we experience loss, we, you know, we think that's the end, but it's not the end. It's, it's only something that's work, God is working out. That when we honor Him, there's going to be a day of harvest. Look at Galatians 6, 9. It says, it says, and let us not lose heart in doing good. What is that? Sowing. For in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. It's easy to grow weary in your sowing because you don't always see an immediate return for your sowing. Sometimes it's years later down the road. The son grew up and became adult. That was years later. She went into another land seven years. Years later, she comes back all these years, and then she gets everything restored to her. Don't grow weary in, in sowing, and because in due time, there will be a time of reaping. And that time is going to be, it, when it comes, it's, I mean, you're going to be so happy when it comes, but I, you're going to be tempted to give up before it comes because it seems like it's never going to come. You get, you will, it will die. The hope will die. It, it, the scripture says, unless a seed falls to the ground and die, it remains by itself alone. But if it goes to the ground and dies, then it comes forth and bears much fruit. I'm telling you, you're going to go through death of your even your hope sometimes. But if you if you have if you have 
stepped into this place of faith and you sow, whether it's money, whether it's honor, whether it's forgiveness, whatever it is, if you will faithfully sow in due time, you are going to reap. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say here is that the loss of her son, for many of us, we would say, oh, look, at, you know, God gives me this son, but now he's dead. Well, I guess, I guess that's it. But, it. but it's in those moments, saddle your donkey and get in God's presence and, get in, and find out what he's got to say about this. Because that's a moment that, that that loss can be turned into a seed that can be sown, that there can yet be a harvest. Because she would not have survived the famine or been all her stuff restored to her had her son not died and the prophet come back and raise him from the dead. Are you getting this? Now let me just tell you a quick story in my own life about sowing and reaping. Some of you, if you've been around, have heard this before. The reason I tell it is because it's a great story. <laughs> it was supernatural. I bought, Joyce and I bought a house. Uh, just as an investment, just before 9-11. And after 9-11, you couldn't, you know what happened. You couldn't sell houses. You can, I mean, and... Uh, this house, which was going to help us financially, became such a threat to us financially that I was not sleeping. I'm up at night, and I'm walking. It's like, oh, my God. I'm going to have to live in my office. I wonder if I can get the whole family up there. We've got a microwave, and we've got a bathroom, and we've got a sofa. Maybe we can sleep up there, but I could lose everything because of this house. Anybody register with something like that? I mean, it's like, this is serious. And so, I'm praying, God, will you deliver me? God, deliver me. Nobody's ever prayed that, right? God, deliver me. God, deliver me. I'm looking for a deliverance. And the Lord's deliverance came in a, in, in, in the way I never expected. It came as he challenged me to sow. Because this is how it happened. I'm in Africa, and I'm in Burundi, and I'm pastor's house at night, swatting mosquitoes. And the pastor's wife says, would you pray for us? We uh, have built this house by faith, and we, we've got it all taken care of, all paid for, except for $3,000. And the bank calls us every day and asks us, where's the money? Would you pray for us? Because this is such a burden to us. And of course, $3,000 in their country would be probably like $30,000 to us. So it's no small thing. And so I said, yes, I'll pray for you. And so I go and pray, and I got an idea. I'm going to come back to you at my life. And I'm going to ask you to partner with me. We're all going to go together. We're going to receive an offering. We're going to take care of this $3,000 for this pastor in Burundi and his wife. And I'm just sure you'll be as excited about it as me. 
And as I get this idea and I tell the Lord, he said, nope, I want you to take care of it. And I'm going, I don't have $3,000. But if you want me to take care of it, I'll take care of it. I'm going to do it. And so, strangely, in a couple weeks, I was able to put together $3,000. Now, that doesn't mean that I had everything taken care of beyond that. You know what I mean? It's like cashing out. So the future is just going to have to be in God's hands, too. And so, so I sent through my friend, Andre, I sent... $3,000 to that pastor. And when I did, something clicked inside of me. Something in faith went off like a rocket. And I just knew God was going to deliver me from that house. And I'm driving around on I-25 or wherever I am. When I'm in the car, I like it in the car because nobody can hear me. Because I'm shouting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm free from that house. I'm free from that house. I'm free from that house. I know that's why you told me to do this, Lord. You told me to give that $3,000. I'm sowing because I know, and there's going to be a reaping. I'm going to get free. I mean, and so that's the way my prayers were. My circumstances hadn't changed. Still had the house. Still had to make the mortgage payments. I mean, the whole thing. But in here, it happened. I knew that my sowing was going to bring a harvest. And in about a month, someone came along and bought that house. And I was, I'm telling you, I was delivered. I was delivered from that house. That $3,000 turned, you know, affected about a $300,000 loss, potential loss. I was set free. Now, I know you're not as excited about it as I was, but it was me. But you, you need to understand this principle of sowing and reaping. When you step out, you tithe to the Lord in faith, and you give offerings as he directs as you sow, in due time, you are going to reap. There's two areas I would like to pray for as we close this service. And Jen, if you'd come. First is, some of you have experienced loss, and you think it's all over. As her son died, she could have thought, it's all over. But she knew. She knew. She had relationship with Elisha, and she could draw from that relationship in her loss. And I'm telling you, through Jesus Christ, you have relationship with the Father, and you can draw from that relationship that you have with Jesus Christ in the midst of your loss. I'm not promising you that it's going to turn out the way you might think it, but I can tell you this, that he will care for you, he will give you peace, he will, he will, you know, even if the circumstances don't change, you get changed. Yeah. And you can live in joy and peace and blessing. 
whatever, but, but you can draw from that relationship. You can turn your loss, turn that into seed and sow it as seed. The Apostle Paul said, I count all things loss that I might gain Christ. And then I want to pray for those of you that you have been sowing and you've been sowing, but you feel like nothing's happening, you know, and I'm giving up. I feel like giving up. But the word of God today is to you. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in sowing. For in due time, you will have a harvest. Isaiah 35 says, the recompense of the Lord will come. It will come. There is a day coming. Somebody should get excited about this. I just told you the story about the house just to encourage you that this is real. God does these things. So, why don't you bow your head as you're here this morning. Some of you are in this place where there's loss and today is the day to sow it as a seed. Lord, I'm so, that loss, I'm just sowing as a seed. It's, it's fallen to the ground and it's died. And now I'm just, going to, I'm just going to leave it there, trusting that there is a day when there's a resurrection. Whatever you have in mind, all I know is that you have to do it. I can't do it. So, Lord, we're trusting you. Could you, can you, let's just stop and, and start naming those things. Are there things that are coming to you? Is the Holy Spirit prompting you with things that are just, you're sowing as a seed? It can be relationships. It could be money. It could be jobs. It could be, it could be any number of things. Maybe for some of you, it's hope itself. Your hope is, your hope is in the ground, and it needs to come to life. Tell him what it is you're sowing right now. He's here. He's here to hear you. Father, I thank you that as we are <clears throat> sowing these seeds before you, and as they go to the ground to die, as some of them are already there, we're looking to you and you alone for a miracle to raise it from the dead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know our hearts. And we come today to honor you and to worship you and to humble ourselves before you and submit ourselves to you. And as we yield to you and as we give this to you, 
We thank you that you hear our prayers. Now there's one more area I want to pray for. For those of you who have sowed and you've yet to receive a harvest, but you've grown weary in sowing and you feel like, you feel like, you know, there hasn't been anything good happen in some time. But he says in due time, there'll be a harvest. There's a right time. Remember for this widow, in her case, it was many years, even many years. But after many years, there came a harvest from her sowing. So I pray right now for those of you who are in that place of being weary. And, you know... um, What a morning this has been. What a, what a morning. Wow. I know uh, uh, there's breakthrough for some of you right here. I know it. That's where the opposition has been coming from this moment right here. Opp- that spiritual opposition has been in this against this moment right here for some of you who have grown weary in your sowing. And so, uh, let, let's fight our way through it. Let's, let's win right now, okay? And if you are, need prayer because you've grown weary in doing good and sowing, if that's you, I want to pray that weariness off you and faith back into you to wait on the Lord in His time, in His plan, in His purposes, for His glory for what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, that you can wait on him. He's going to act, but it'll be in his time, for his glory. (laughs) Okay, if you need prayer, stand. If you need prayer, just stand. All right, you know how we do it here. For those who are standing, just go put your hand on their shoulder right now. Just put your hand on their shoulder and begin to pray off the weariness and the lies that the enemy has been speaking to them, saying, it's not working. The Lord's not being faithful. The Lord's not going to come through. He's not going to help me. Is there somebody standing that doesn't have somebody praying for you? Just put your hand up if nobody's praying for you. Everybody covered? Okay. Begin to break the lies of the enemy off of them. These lies that the Lord's not faithful, the Lord is not good, the Lord is not going to help them. Break these lies off of them in Jesus' name and release the blessing and the favor of the Lord that what they have sown, that seed is in the ground and in God's timing and for God's goodness and for God's glory, there's going to come a time, there's going to be a season, you're going to reap. There's going to be a harvest. The recompense of the Lord is going to come and there's going to be a harvest for you. You are going to receive you're going to receive a harvest. We break off these lies now and your harvest is going to come because the Lord is faithful. The Lord is good. He's faithful and He's good. Tell Him that, Lord. You're faithful and you're good. 
It may be years, but I'm going to hold on. I'm going to believe. I'm going to trust. I'm going to keep on doing good. For I know there's going to be a season of harvest. It's going to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, some of you are feeling a shift in the spirit right now. There was a heaviness that came off of some of you right there in that prayer. I felt it. I felt that heaviness come off right now. I just speak for you, that heaviness come off of you in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. (laughs) Katie down front, she's getting a full dose right here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Freedom. Freedom. You feel the freedom in the room? You feel it lifted? Feel that freedom? That's the Lord's witness to this prayer. That's the witness of the Holy Spirit to this prayer for you. So if you're being prayed for right now, there's a witness of the Holy Spirit that this is true. There's an amen from heaven that this is true. And you can now, you can now enter into a place and should enter into a place of thanksgiving for what the Lord is going to do. In due time, there's going to be a harvest. In due time. In due time, for the glory of the Lord, for the glory.